Welcome back to the End Time Podcast. We're sure happy you decided to join us again today. We want to talk more on the Holy Spirit. And specifically, what was the Holy Ghost given for? What was the purpose of God sending the Holy Spirit, which is also called the Comforter? And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 3, it would write, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Which is to say, you cannot affirmatively speak of Jesus as the Lord without having the Holy Ghost. Or the Holy Ghost is the affirmation of the Lordship of Christ. was the Holy Ghost given for? Why don't we start and go back to John chapter 14, which is a, a phenomenal scripture. And I, I want to just add on to what we said in the introduction, which is, you know, no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is the affirmation of the Lordship of Christ. When, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you cannot deny the word of God. Because it's that same Holy Ghost that wrote the word, that inspired men of old to write these things. You cannot deny it at all. So therefore it becomes the affirmation that Jesus is both Lord and Christ. But in John chapter 14, and if we begin our reading, we would begin reading in verse, uh, I'll read in verse 12. It says, Verily, verily, this is Jesus speaking Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whosoever you shall ask, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that, this fa- that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And I just want to make this distinction for a moment because we spoke about the Godhead and this isn't three, this isn't two people or three people. This isn't him referring to the father as a second person, but he's referring to it as an office that you, you need to approach me in a certain office to receive a certain thing. Like there was a, a woman in the Bible that came to him and began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, uh, have mercy on me. And he refused to, to look at her. But when she approached him properly, because she was a Gentile, she didn't have, he was son of David at the time to the Jews. He was king to the Jews, but not to the Gentiles. She was a Gentile. She, she couldn't approach him that way and receive the promise. And that's what Jesus is saying. You've got to approach me the right way. I have a certain office. You need to approach me according to that office. 
And, and, and you can't even call me Lord unless you are a part of me. No man could call me Lord except by the Holy Ghost. But it says in the next verse, it says, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you, keep, if you love me, keep my commandments. And sorry for keep interrupting myself, but <laughs> I find it always to point out in John chapter 14, it's just him and his disciples there. Okay? Judas is still among them, but from John chapter 14 on, and even before that, Jesus isn't, there is not a big crowd. There's not the Pharisees. There's not the Sadducees or anything like that. He's just talking to his disciples. So he's just talking to those that he knows has a part. And he says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another comforter that ye may abide, that he may abide with you forever. And just even picking it up again from uh, talking about um, the Father and the Son, even just, just, just going back to that for a little moment, one thing we ought to realise also is that Christ is, is in the role of sonship at that moment. Right. And as in the role of sonship, he's acting the role of a son. And as a role of a son, he's approaching the Father. Right. So he, he stepped into a role and he must act in that role. So when he's referring to, you know, saying my father or saying this, is because he's in the role of a son. He's in that office of a son. Mm-hmm. That's why he's acting that way. Or that's why he's he's talking about the father above. But he is the same person. But that same person is playing a certain role and is actually showing us how we should approach the father, which is him himself. Because eventually later, as you said, in verse 16 he said he's going to pray the father and he's going to send another comfort away because later on in that same chapter you talk about the fact that he'll have to leave he'll mm-hmm. have to go and if he doesn't go the comforter cannot come mm-hmm. see so now he'll be changing his position going back to another position and and the, the holy ghost is going to come and take control now in our lives and it said that this comforter, which eventually, if you keep on reading, I think in verse 26, it will state that the comforter is the Holy Ghost. That when the comforter comes, it says, it's going to abide with you forever. Yeah. It's going to dwell with us forever. It's not going to be something that is going to be periodic. So it's not going to be like you're going to have the Holy Ghost today and tomorrow you're not going to have the Holy Ghost. So it's not just an anointing once in a while. Yeah, once in a while that comes like, I don't know, yeah. like, I don't know, for example, Samson that once in a while he gets anointed and defeats, I don't know, a thousand Philistines, but then the next day he's out playing around with, I don't know, the Philist- the women of the Philistines. No, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's an anointing that comes to stay. Yeah, yeah. And it's neat because the very next verse then talks about just to give you how Jesus and the Holy Spirit are, are one. And it says, even the spirit of truth, verse 17, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him. Now at this time, the Holy Spirit had not yet come. Yeah. But he says, but you know him. You know him. And it says this, for he dwelleth with you mm-hmm. and shall be in, in you. you. 
we think that's an amazing scripture. I <laughs> uh, I believe um to to better understanding um for who's this person of the Holy Ghost is. Uh we can say uh in, in the Bible says I would say, I would read it here in um St. John 16:13. It says how bit when he so we know there's a, a a a pronoun. He is a person, right? Yeah, he's talking about a he's person. He's talking about a person. See, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into the all truth, for he shall not speak of him of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear that that he that shall he speak. And when he will show and he will show you things to come. So there is a couple things here that the the uh the scriptures is is talking about. So he will be a guide for us when we receive him. Yeah. When he come to uh to to abide or to abide, to yeah, abide, abide in us. Yeah. When he come to abide in us. So another another verse is he will glorify me. So it's he's, he's talking that when the Holy Ghost come to a person or to or to a Christian, he will glorify God in all the things that he will mm. do. So, in other words, so talking about this person, the Holy Ghost, uh, there's many uh, people, there's people that think things different about the Holy Spirit when they have experience. Mm-hmm. So, many people say, uh, I am born again. Mm-hmm. Many people say I received the newborn, the new birth, the new birth, the new birth. Yeah, and uh, some somebody else will say I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit that will come to a person. So we can say that this Holy Spirit is the same person of Christ revealed to the person himself. If we say um, I am born again, if if you will say I am born again, I will understand. Jesus Christ was revealed to me personally. Mm-hmm. Now I know who Jesus is. Now I know that he is the Lord of my life. That's the things that the Holy Spirit will come or will do in a person. Yeah. It's recognizing and glorifying God as the Lord. And as you were saying that, you know, the, being the word born again, new birth, uh, receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost or be filled with the Holy Ghost, they're all the same thing. It, it's not. It's not that you know if someone is born again, that means he hasn't got the Holy Ghost. Or he, because if you think about it, being born again means you must have a new birth. Because if you need to be born, then you must there must be a birth, right? And and when you look at a birth, a birth always comes by water, blood, and spirit. Right, and it's the same thing with the Holy Ghost. How does it come? You can't receive the Holy Ghost like Peter will talk about it in Acts chapter two. You must be, you must repent, you must be b- baptized, and then as we spoke about sanctification, you must go through a process of sanctification, and then you receive the Holy Ghost, and that's the process of a birth. So that's a new birth, and that process is the same process that gives you the Holy Ghost. Right, so. They are all the same. Then we don't, you know, we don't want to devoid them and said, you know, if you're born again, you haven't got the Holy Ghost and <laughs> and all that. That's exactly right.
you know, I'll say this because we were talking about, you know, when he, the Holy Spirit has come, which is a comforter, he shall abide in you forever. And th- there is such a thing as the anointing. Mm-hmm. There is where Joel chapter 2 in the Bible would talk about, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Mm-hmm. Okay, that doesn't mean everybody gets born again. It means there's an anointing that comes down that you can, where Jesus, where the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be there in the midst of them. You know, when you have faith and you call on the Lord, he will come. He, we're still living in a time of grace and there could come such a great anointing. And, you know, if you take it in a type of a wheat field, when the rain falls on, on, a, on a crop, the, the, the wheat drinks it in. Mm-hmm. But the, the tares or the weeds drink it in too. And they all grow mm-hmm. and they all rejoice and they all love it. And they all like the sunshine. It's the same thing when the when the anointing falls, which is still the Holy Ghost. It will give you, whether you're born again or whether you're not born again, a, a feeling. It will lift you up. It will make you feel in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It'll be a wonderful time. But the new birth, which is to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, which is why John the Baptist says, you know, I baptize you with water, but he which is coming after me, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire, which baptism is immersion. He's not just saying, I'll give you a little sprinkle. I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. But now, what what was the purpose of that Holy Ghost coming? Because it, it is a baptism. To be baptized with the Holy Ghost, it is the new birth. It is to be born again. And it's even the same thing to be in Christ. When you're in Christ, the only way to be in Christ, you are to be baptized by one spirit. We are all baptized into one body, according to the scripture, which that body is the body of Christ. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, And that there is now therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So here now we're getting into a purpose what the Holy Ghost came for. Where it came, as Brother Tito said, to be a guide. It came to lead and guide us into all truth. You cannot understand, Jesus said, you cannot understand the kingdom of heaven except you be born again. You cannot see it. You cannot understand it. You have to be born again. But here now it also says, if you're born again, there is no condemnation. This isn't conviction. This is condemnation. You're still convicted of what's right. It brings more of a conviction. Yeah. But you're not condemned of the past sins because you know you're free from them, which you can refer to our episode on justification for that. But then it goes on to say, I'll start again, which says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit is of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. I'll say this because this would almost seem like, so I was asked the question the other day by a man who said, do you live by the Old Testament or the New Testament? I said, both. And he says, well, I mean, how can you do that? Doesn't the Bible say somewhere that, you know, if you live by the New Testament, you don't have to, if you live by the Spirit, you don't, you're free from the old. And, and I said, no, I think you're misunderstanding what it's saying. 
Because if you just take that scripture in itself, you could almost kind of misconstrue it in that way. But that's not at all what it's saying. It's saying that you're now free from the law of sin and death, not the Old Testament. Okay, it makes gives you the ability to live above sin and death. It says, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. So here's the whole purpose where Jesus is saying, you know, I have to go to my father so I can send the comforter for a purpose so that way I came, he came to condemn sin in the flesh so that he could give the comforter. In other words, he made the atonement for sin so that he could send the Holy Ghost so that we could receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is to be born again. And in doing so, we could live above the ways of our sinful flesh by having a new spirit within us, and we could now live the righteousness of the law, which before condemned people to sin and death, now brings us to righteousness in the eyes of God by the spirit of God. But it says in verse 5, it says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. Now, this begs a lot of thought because it's a huge concept of, you know, when I'm born again, I'm instantly perfect. Mm. When I get born again, I mean, everything's perfect, right? I mean, instantly, all the old habits, everything just dies, and I'm just, this is it, right? You know, sometimes people live and think, the moment you come out of the water, (laughs) that's it. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Which we went into in the last episode, the type of the Holy Spirit is circumcision. Mm -hmm. Yes. When you're circumcised, the surplus flesh is instantly gone. Now comes the healing process. In the spiritual, actually we were talking just before, we were talking just beforehand about languages and, and, and the way people think in their native language and how you can change that because uh brother max you're originally from or you're originally from ghana originally, and then yeah. you went to That's italy when you were very young yeah you lived there for how many years lived there for base 11 years I think. 11, yeah, years. 11 years so in 11 years you began to think yeah. in italian yeah speak, speak italian, italian think think it. italian yeah and then you moved over to ireland to ireland yeah now you're in ireland the people that you were conversing with there you speak english yeah yeah. But you're yeah. still thinking in Italian. Yeah. Right from the start, yeah, I was still thinking on Italian but speaking in English. But that wasn't what I really wanted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of hard sometimes, you know, but thinking one thing and trying to express it in another language, right? But I wanted my thoughts and my language to be the same. So, yeah. yeah. But how long did it take to finally start thinking in English then? It took, it took perhaps might have taken about a year or so. I can't yeah. pinpoint the exact moments, but all of a sudden, I don't know. But all of a sudden, I started to realize, oh my goodness, I'm not thinking in Italian anymore. I'm actually thinking in English and speaking in English. Yeah. So 
So it, it did take time. It didn't happen right away, but yeah. it took some time before the mind was able to switch and and move from this thinking in Italian to thinking in English. Yeah. yeah. So now I want to talk about Belichito because you're from Guatemala. Yes, sir. And your native language is Spanish. I don't have any of these privileges. I was born in Canada, raised in Canada. That's all I know. <laughs> so I'm the most, the least multicultural person in this room. But you, you moved here and you're, you're married to a Spanish sister. Well, lovely sister. Um, and you guys speak Spanish in the home. Most. Sometimes. Yeah. Mostly. Most of the time. Yeah. And you still think it's Spanish then? I still got to think, uh, when I'm speaking English, I had to think some words in Spanish to to translate it right in the, in, to English, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how uh, I'm still doing that, even though I. Uh, how many years has it been? <laughs> Twenty years. Twenty years. <laughs> yes. But what did you guys speak in your home in Ireland? What language? In our home in Ireland, well, depending because with 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 my brother and sister, we speak Italian still, right? Okay. And then, but with my parents, we speak the native language, but most of it is mixed with English. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. But you had a desire. Yeah. To it think and de- speak in and English. Yeah. And, but most of my time in the day, or in the week, I spent at a school with the Irish kids and, you know, talking to the Irish kids and studying, you know, and, and all that. So most of my days were with Irish people and Irish teachers and... <laughs> So I just want to bring something out because I find it very interesting. It's that way with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thinking about thinking about uh, learning a new language, right? Um, it's like a, become a Christian for the first time. You got to start from the ABCs, right? I remember when I went for school for a few months just to learn the ABCs here. So um, it took me a while even to learn the ABCs. But it's a process, right? That you... The more you under the, the the more you understand, the more you can speak. The more you 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 speak, the more you manifest. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's it's like a Christian, right? When you when you st- you become a Christian, you you being baptized, you you sanctify sanctify your life, and then the baptism of the Holy Ghost comes. So it's a process. It that process, it's. It's something that um, you will find those, those things on the way while you're walking on. So oh, oh, I would say, yeah, you will learn the things while you are into 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 that uh, into the process. Yeah. So uh, learning a language is uh, for me, um, especially English, is a little bit hard because the the way that we the, the, we write things. So it's a straight. You how you speak it, right? Spanish. I was talking about Spanish, but English is the opposite way. So it's it's kind of when I'm translating, I had to think my translation in Spanish and then just throw it in English or what, just vice versa, right? So sometimes when I'm in in a Spanish country, so I end speaking English instead of Spanish because I I'll mess up things, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, sometimes uh, hey, you speak you speaking English. I am even not sometimes I'm not noticing that I'm speaking English, but I'm talking with Spanish people, right? Yeah, so and they speaking English. Yeah. The so they, hey, you talking <laughs> you're talking in English. So so, but it's it's because sometimes um, you're thinking okay, um, you are in, in a country that 
nobody understands English, and now you are in, a, in another country, you, nobody understands Spanish, right? So you, your mind is, has to do a switch. Like you, you, you got to do yeah. a switch mm-hmm. when you are in a different, uh, when you're in native yeah. language speaking, right? So that's, yeah, yeah, just to draw that type in, so I think it's so similar, like you were saying, when you become a Christian. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, your desires change. It's like you want to speak a different language. You want to do what's right. You want to please God. But your whole life, you've walked a different way. Yeah. So instantly, your desires are different. But now it's a process of time that all of a sudden, your desires begin to manifest themselves. Mm-hmm. And the things that you want, you know, because right away, you know, a lot of people begin to second guess themselves because they, they feel they had the experience. They feel they got the new birth. They feel, you know, God is wonderful. He's real to me and I know who Christ is and, and it, it's a real revelation. But then they, they trip up and they fall and they make a mistake. They go, oh man. They told her he was born again. Because the devil's right there to tell yeah. you. You know, oh yeah. man, you didn't really get it. You don't know what you're talking about. But in reality... That doesn't mean anything. That's a mistake. Because yeah. that's what caused you to drive your, that's what drives you then to your knees is that Holy Ghost that's now in you to say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. That's not what I wanted. I don't know where that came from. I didn't want to do that thing again. I, I, I thought I was over that. Why did you think you were over it? Because it's a different spirit in you. You're not walking after the ways of the flesh anymore. You're walking after the ways of the spirit. It's just like learning a new language where all of a sudden you're, you're thinking in this language, but you start speaking in this language and, and you're going, I don't know where that came from. It's just coming. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that. It takes time finally for that. You know, you have a desire like, like Brother Max or a desire. I need to think in English so I can properly communicate. He's going to college. You got university yeah. you've got you know you need to be able to communicate in this language so you have a desire to think in that language but it takes a process of time yeah. and now i'll say brother max is incredibly fluent in english oh man tell you <laughs> he's a linguistic right now he's amazing <laughs> the bible says that for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It takes time to bring that from the heart where the new birth takes place up to the mind where now you're not carnally minded. But it's something that begins to realize your thinking is changed. You begin to think the scripture. You begin to think what, you know, forgive the cliche expression, you begin to think what would Jesus do? You're not sitting there asking yourself every time you run into a hard situation. Now, what would Jesus, WWJD? It's just something, it's a thought process where it's not, what would Jesus do? It's, Lord, help me be pleasing to you. Because even in the promised land, you know, and in, in the book of Judges, which is right after the book of Joshua, which in Joshua, the children of Israel conquered the promised land what we now know as the land of Israel. 
And upon conquering it, Joshua placed them where God showed him to place them, the different tribes, 12 tribes in their places. But it says in Judges chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Now these are the nations which the Lord left. So now, talked about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, being justified, being sanctified, and they're going around in the in the wilderness, and all the old things are falling away. They're getting a new spirit, but now they've crossed over. They've been placed in the promised land. That is, they've got the new birth. That's the type of what we're we're doing today in the spiritual. But now he says, the Lord left certain nations to prove Israel by them, even as many of Israel as had not known all the wars of Canaan. Only that the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war, at the least such as before knew nothing thereof. So now what was the purpose? He says, you've got the Holy Ghost. There's still going to be battles. It's still going to be a struggle. Because Hebrews would say, what son is he whom the father does not try? Any son that comes unto me must be tried, must be proved. You want to be born again. You want to be a son of God. God's going to try you. God's going to prove you, not just for himself, because he already knows in the heart. But he's going to do it for you so that you know there's something different in you. He's going to put you through a test when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that you see, I reacted differently this time. I remember years ago when I would go through something like that, I would have totally blew my top. Mm -hmm. And now it just didn't really even bother me. Why? It's a different spirit in me. You know, I, I know people that are, you know, when they were 20... They blew their top at something. And when they're 60, they still blow their top at the same thing. So it ain't age. <laughs> it takes a different spirit. It takes a change in a man or a woman. But God leaves those tests in there to try you, to prove to you that you really are born again. Even Peter would write 1 Peter chapter 1. As he's speaking to newborn babes, which is to be, when you're born again, you start out as a newborn babe. Just the same way in your first birth, when you're born, you start out as a newborn babe. And he says, wherefore laying aside all malice, all guile, all hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings, all those things, you just start dropping away. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, it might take time. It does. It's it a process. It's a process. Yeah. You might have something come to your mind that you want to speak evil of somebody, but then all of a sudden something else rises up in you and says, don't say that. But he says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That's how you grow in this new birth. Keep feeding on the word of God. Keep praying. Keep reading. If so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Just keep desiring more. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'll say this like we all know to be scared of the battles and the fights that we face after we've we've received the Holy Ghost. Because as Brother Andrew was saying, it is to prove to you that something has changed, that a new spirit has come. Because if there's something that you've been battling with for years and years and years and and all of a sudden one day you realize that you've overcome that, you start to understand that this wasn't me. This was something else that took care of it because I and myself, I couldn't do it. But they had to, something had to happen on the inside of me for me to be able to overcome that. And, and it proves to you to say, there's been a change. Your desire has changed. And like Brother Andrew was saying as well about, you know, coming in and sometimes you trip and you fall and you think, oh, I, I haven't got it. That doesn't mean you haven't got it. The very fact that you, you there's a desire or there's something in you that you, you feel convicted, like he was saying, about what you did means that something has changed in you because if you think back years before you res- you had an experience with God or, or whatever in it or something happened to you when you made a mistake or, or you did something that was wrong it didn't bother you you didn't care you just did it and you felt well it is what it is right but now something has changed now you do the very same thing that years before you would do and it would just be fine you'd just be fine with it but now you do the same thing, and now you're feeling convicted. You're feeling like, no, I, I shouldn't have done it. And uh, Why? Because something has come on the inside. Because, you know, where, where the Spirit of God is, he desires to dwell in a clean place. He desires to dwell in a place where there's no filth, there's no wrong. He, because it's a perfect God, right? The Holy Spirit likes to do right, likes to do the, the, the follow the word and do what Christ did, right? So when you do something that is contrary to that, that is it, and you convicting you and saying, no, that's wrong. You have to make that right. Now he said, when the battles come, don't be scared and feel like, oh, I am defeated and that's and all. Face the battles. You you are made, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you're born to overcome every single battle that comes in your life. Going back a little bit, and uh, um, my brother, bro- brother Andrew was reading a scripture in Judges, I, I believe, and he says that the, the Lord left some uh, tribes or nations in, in that land. I believe that was for the Lord to manifest his power to his people. When, when the time comes to, to, to fight the battle, he wants to manifest his power, that showing that he is, he is in control, right? And we can say at this time, we know that God has attributes. He want to manifest his power through his people. That's why in Mark 16 says, these signs shall follow them that believe. So he wants to manifest his attribute, like I said, through those who believe. And the only way that God can manifest his power is through his servants, through his people, his attributes. So we know that in him we're were attributes that he need to manifest even in these last days. And that's why we have still judging in the land, right? We have sickness. We have um, all kinds of these things in this world, right? But the power of God is still, is still there. And the power of God is still manifesting through his people. So we as Christians, we need to recognize that the power of God is still there. We need to just be able to or, or submit ourselves to exercise the power because a person filled with the Holy Ghost has received the power. Mm-hmm. Because in Acts one eight, I think says that when when He comes, you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes, it will endue you with power. Says the Scripture. We are here 
to manifest his attributes mm-hmm. and to exercise the power of God in our lives. I believe that. Because the scripture says in Romans 8, verse 11, it says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. What a peace. What a hope. A hope and a peace worth fighting for. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at etpodcast at etmtab.com. Follow us on Instagram at endtimepodcast. God bless you.